Hey fam, and thank you for joining us at See You Next Tuesday. Today we're chatting with Victoria, the woman and mother behind the brand with a cult following, East 29th, an all-natural, clean beauty, cruelty-free, vegan skincare line born and created right here in Canada. Victoria gets real about her journey. We're not just talking about how East 29th came to be, but we dig deep into her journey as a young single mother, the hurdles and learning along the way that made her into the strong and inspiring human she is today. God, I miss those guys missing those days waking up at noon, one o'clock. Oh my um, God. Really the quiet. other day I missed you and I was like, I got sleep until eight. And then my daughter was like, that's not sleeping in. I was like, for me it is. I was like, I was still in bed at eight. I never have slept in like having Alex so young, right? Like yeah, I went from like just getting to that moody stage of wanting to sleeping in and then oh, I was pregnant. I couldn't sleep at 14 and I'd be up all night long. I used to ride the spin bike like all night because I just couldn't sleep until my legs hit my stomach and then I had Alex and then I don't have time to sleep in at this point. Laying in bed past seven is like yes <laughs> I went to bed at like three to get to bed yeah, yeah it's crazy and are you still in film like are you still working on is it the good doctor right I haven't had time since I mean so COVID hit I wrapped season three yeah March 6 and the lockdown happened like the ninth or something like it was so yeah. fast so, yeah and we were we just had a wrap party on February 28th and a lot of the actors and directors like came back positive with COVID. So we went into like full lockdown. And then as soon as we came back, the show was coming back in June. It was supposed to come back in June. Yeah. And it got pushed. So film was closed until September. And by the time September came around, I was too busy with East 29th that I haven't, haven't gone back. Yay, that's a good thing. It's so good. I'm yeah. not working outside in the atmospheric river. This oh, is wow. I'm like I forgot that it was like winter or like getting into winter because usually I work outside so many hours that the cold is like it's prevalent every yeah. single day. And the other day I walked out in a sweater and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> usually I'm bundled up in so many layers that there's no possibility I'm outside feeling cold. But yeah, it's nice to work at home less of a commute that's for sure yeah <laughs> okay so sorry I don't know maybe you LJ maybe you know already but when did East 29th start then July of 2020 oh my gosh wow crazy I didn't plan on launching anytime soon it was just one of those things like I put my film career first and you're kind of okay you're not like guilted but you're guilted that you have no me time so if someone was like hey are you available on Thursday I'd be like I don't know and they're like what do you mean I'm like well I don't know what time I work on Thursday because I don't know what time I work on Wednesday and I don't know what time I wrap on Wednesday so I can't possibly know what time I start nor finish on Thursday yeah so my life was just didn't really happen oh my god I could not I couldn't even imagine I remember when I was in makeup school and they were saying like if you want to get into film this is what you're like and I went back to school to do makeup at 30 with two kids already so the I was like, thing they say is don't have children yeah, that is like not a life for a mom who's trying to change her career so that she can be there for her kids I was like oh my god I can't do film but oh my god yeah. it's, it very, fun though. it's fun but I don't know if you follow there's an Instagram account called IA underscore stories it's all of the stuff like leading up to, like wow. what's going on in film and the abuse and the you know wow. we're just yeah. we're not seen as people we're seen as you know yeah a, a prop that breathes basically 
-hmm. And, you know, like they'd be like, okay, we're working, you know, Fridays now we're working weekends and you don't just go like, oh no, that doesn't work for me. It's like, okay, well then you're out and we'll replace you in two seconds. Yeah. If you they will like over your body and be like, can anyone else do makeup? Will we find another makeup artist? We've got like seven on call right now. And, but we'll just use their station and their makeup brushes until you have time to load in tomorrow. Like it's very cutthroat. And we just had, they were about to strike. We did a whole bargaining thing and I'm not sad. Like we're a union, right? I'm not happy with the thing. So I'm glad I'm currently not working because the mental health aspect is just ignored. Yeah. And then you have something like the the show or the movie Rust where someone Mm -hmm. dies by, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. But the the thing that when I look at something like that, I'm like, we're just so tired. There's no excuse for what happened on that. And I'm not even going to try and touch on it, but we're just all so tired that things get missed. Yeah. Think about that in film. Think about it in your daily life too. There's so many accidents. Yeah. So many car accidents, just simply driving home. And for me, that was a non-negotiable. If we were on the road, there's no way because I'm not going to be stuck in a position where I can't get home to my kid. Yeah. And for all the people who are traveling in, in British Columbia working, a lot of my friends are all stranded right now because they were traveling for work and they're coming back home and they've, you know, with the roads and the mud and the rain, they're not able to get home. And that's scary. And that is that just the norm of the industry? Like every single show, movie, producer, director, it's just like that? That's like on a good show. <laughs> That's so oh my god. <laughs> That's union. Like imagine all the non-union stuff. I mean Rust was non-union actually. So Rust I guess their union workers had filed so many complaints they actually walked off that day and they were replaced with non-union workers and then the So was that girl a non-union worker? The one that passed she, you don't know. I don't think she was a union member. No. Her father was like a famous um I remember. I can't armorer prop master and it's so sad because I loved what I did but I loved what I did artistically and I love the connections that I made which is why I made a podcast for East My Ninth because I miss talking to people in my chair you become a therapist and like just a confidant and that was a really great aspect of my job and I didn't realize until after that that was part of what I loved so much I loved connecting with people and just having good conversations because it's you know sometimes you're there at three in the morning not the best feeling but you have a really nice connection with someone and it makes it all worth it yeah. or you their day or you made them feel confident during you know like a nude scene or something it's such a emotional journey that I really liked so I wanted to make sure I incorporated that into the brand so so how did you <laughs> how did you decide like because I remember your email to me and you were saying um when you started creating this you noticed there was a lot of problematic skin that you were dealing with so what made you decide like I'm, I'm gonna fix this like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna find a solution to this because your product's so amazing and it's like you know like, mom in me <laughs> I, it's so exciting I hate saying this but I never wanted to do this like it was never <laughs> an option it wasn't like in my peripherals because for me it was survival mode it was like wake up on Monday handle Monday you just have a kid to keep alive and it's been that way since I was a kid and I'm going through like a weird period now where I'm looking at my son who turns 14 Mm. next month and I'm having an emotional struggle personally which I've never had before in this aspect because I'm looking at someone who's just too young for all this responsibility yeah I'm thinking about how much I had on my plate so my mind didn't like 
go past me and Alex. That was it. So when I was, when I went through puberty and pregnancy at the same time, my skin was catastrophic. It was so bad. If you imagine your hormones and then your other hormones, just like going at it, it was gross. So I created something for myself when I was 20 and I just did it at home. I played with lemon rinds. I just thought like, what can I do? You know, eating lemon rinds or ingesting it or anyway is really healthy for your mental clarity. So I thought about what about my like skin clarity? So I made it at home and then thought nothing of it, just kind of did it for myself. And it got to the point where I, like, I was too busy and tired and getting up too early and working too many hours to wear makeup, but I was a makeup artist. So I felt, you know, pretty crappy about that. Mm -hmm. So I just really focused on my skin instead of focusing on like, how can I look, you know, super glam today? I just wanted to show up and look like, you know, you can trust me with your makeup because I don't look, (laughs) I don't know how to do it. Right. There's yeah. that when you don't know someone, you have to build trust. And that was the fastest way I could do it. And then it just turned into my skin was the number one topic. Everyone wanted to know what foundation I was wearing. I'm like, I'm not wearing any. Everyone wanted to know like what I was doing. So it became the people in my chair were asking like, what are you using? And then I was like, okay, I guess I should do something about it. And it was when I was on The Good Doctor. There was just so much dialogue of my skin. And I was just like, you know what? It's probably time. So I just started doing it. And I just was like, I'm going to make it for more than just myself. And it was after season one, I spent the two and a half months that I had off just kind of really focusing on it. And the biggest struggle was like, how do I make it from at home for a size for me, making it so that it's, you know, actually for others, but in larger batches and how do I transition? So I had to make it so instead of like myself taking lemon rinds and dehydrating them and then grinding them up and then rehydrating them. I found, you know, like I use um, lemon rind extract. So it was like a long process of like, how do I get the same thing without me sitting there? Yeah. <laughs> like I would never sell anything. <laughs> the time. Like this is an idea and I'm never going to follow through. But it was funny because when I was telling people about what I was doing, I always got, oh, that's nice. Like, that's awesome. And when I was like, here's my logo, here's my colors. What do you think? They're like, oh, like, you're actually doing something about this. I was like, yeah, like, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. They're like, yeah, but people always say they're going to do stuff. You it's know? true. Like, I didn't even think about that. If someone tells me they're going to do it, I believe them because yeah. I'm going to do it if I say I'm going to do it. Yeah. And the biggest lesson is not everyone is going to do like what you're going to do. And I've learned that almost backwards in life. Cause I'm like, everyone's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's so nice. And then you're like, Oh, never mind. Maybe that's just like a one-time thing. But then you realize that not everyone follows through on their plans, but because I instilled in my son to follow through on what you say you're going to do, I always say, what's the number one rule of the household? Say what you mean and mean what you say. And I'm like, exactly. So I did it. And then I, went back to the show and I would get like stuff sent to production office and they would ship it to the makeup trailer. And I'd come to my station, there'd be boxes of like bottles that had shown up and I would be like testing out little um, droppers and stuff for the vital serum. And I would go to the lab before work or I'd go to lab after, depending on whenever I was working. Um, The weekend it would be closed, but I would just do what I could at home. Uh, I would go and take phone calls with like my design team in the parking lot whenever we were turning around on a scene like it was whenever I could or I'd be so weird I'd be like hey like can we do everything by email and they're like a call is easier and I'm like I can't talk because we're rolling they're like I don't know what that means I'm like I work in film I can't ever talk out loud so yeah email only so everything was kind of based off of emails and then after I had created the logo created everything I like actually met the people I'd been working with in person. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, hey, like we've already created this and it's nice to meet you in person. 
And then we, the COVID hit after working on it for two years and I had extra time and I thought I would just work two months on it, go back for another season. And then I was ready. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to launch it. And I launched it. And it, that honestly, July, 2020, it's been a blink of an eye. Wow. It's because your product is great. And like, it sells, it's so easy to sell because it's one of our higher price point products, but it's still mm-hmm. so easy to sell because it has everything in it. And you're well, like, that, that was it. So like as a single mom, I'm like, okay, this can't be expensive and it needs to simplify your routine. But I'm like, but I can't make this like 40 bucks because there's so many, you know, important ingredients in it yeah. and it's high concentration. Like it's not cheap to make and it's all made in British Columbia. Yeah. I can't, I physically couldn't go cheaper because if I'm like, okay, so if you have hyaluronic acid, niacinamide, you have a vitamin C serum, maybe you have a vitamin E and those are all your different products. Those yeah. all have a price point. Yeah. And instead of taking all those bottles, all those droppers or whatever, you know, um, container they're in, I'm now, and all the boxes that they come in, we're taking all those products that are going to landfill or recycle, wherever they're going, we're putting it in one. We're taking all those products, we're putting in one. So not only do you have to go like step one, let it dry, step two, let it dry. You go one and done. And I'm like, that was what I needed as a mom. And that's what I needed as someone who, you know, works a lot of hours. I needed yeah. simple, but yeah. I was like, I need to make it so that it's not too expensive because other serums, some of them are like over a hundred bucks. That's not me, but I needed to make it where it wasn't like $16 because then I'm just never going to have a business. You're not the ordinary. I'm losing a lot of money because I've spent <laughs> way more than that. Oh, so like finding that balance, but really simplifying and decluttering people's countertops and their minds and that to me was more important so it's been a a journey of trying to like map out where it goes and because I'd already created all this I went right into making two more products right so I spent 14 months and I launched three products which I look back and I I wonder why (laughs) I'm really glad I did but I look back and I was like that's a lot of work yeah, I came into October after launching the second, the second and third product, and I just kind of like, I had to like sit there and be like, "Hey, you need to breathe," because you haven't taken a deep breath in yeah. fourteen months, and it was. I was, a- I was gonna say, like, how did you do it by yourself? Did you have a team? Did you contract people? Because that is a lot of things happening at one time. In like, midst of a pandemic. And career change. Yes. <laughs> like, well, and I was homeschooling grade eight when I was yes. no. Yeah. So I had my son in grade nine. So I don't even have a grade nine education. And here we were in a pandemic, schools were closed down, and my son's going to grade eight. And I don't want to ruin the rest of his you know, <laughs> high school. So I'm like, I guess I have to teach grade eight, but I that's the last year of school that I have. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I did in grade eight. Like, that's just, that was the hardest part. I cried more. I cried more than I laughed. That's for sure. But the interesting part is, is I learned through those moments that no matter what happens with business, like something, honestly, like I I can't even think of something crazy right now, but the worst thing could happen and I'd be able to handle it because I was able to do homeschooling and do these two launches and I had a loved one pass away at the same time so that was just and it was I was alone I remember this yeah I remember that yeah it was intense and I 
do not recommend it. But then I'm thinking about, okay, think about all the people who are currently having newborns or are actually having COVID. Like there are so many other obstacles that others were going through that are stranded in another country and can't get back due to COVID. Like there's just so many variables that I was just so thankful that I wasn't going through that I was able to kind of like shelf what I was going through and just day by day it. But it was weird to go from working with hundreds of people a day to working by myself at home and like that's a big shift with a teen who's now moody I went from like the sweetest kid and he's still really sweet but like they have yeah I have a teenager so it's like attitude that you're like where'd that come from he's so conscious of his attitude like I don't want to do that and then he'll go okay that wasn't very nice to me but I still don't want to do it like there's always yeah he catches himself yeah but then it's still like and sometimes I just want to be like I don't need the attitude near me like even yesterday we went to Costco and luckily we missed like the chaos of the morning um but he you know we go to Costco and he's just so moody and doesn't do you want to get this and then we left and I was like honestly let me right back sorry my kid's yelling at me (laughs) I just said maybe it would be like nice if you were like not so moody at Costco and he's like yeah but I don't like going here and I'm like honestly it's just really nice to have someone to talk to when I'm you know like shopping like do we want this or this and he's like I never thought about it that way and I'm like yeah I just kind of I do so many things alone it would be nice to not be alone you know you can be grumpy but maybe at least tell me which one you like it's always I don't know up to you yeah like, oh up to me, I would just pick I mean honestly though he sounds like a pretty conscious kid you know, as a teenager, to be very aware, I feel like I wasn't even aware maybe until like my 30s about things like that. And I still can't catch myself and correct myself if I'm, you know, in the heat of it with somebody. I'm assuming you're that way because. Yes. <laughs> and what do you, like, how did you, I guess it's just because it's your day-to-day life that it really carries into him also. Well, the thing is, is like, I realized a long time, I didn't realize I realized, but I had realized a long time ago that I'm a mirror, whatever I do, he picks up on. And I had no chance to kind of not think of others. I've lived such a selfless life because I've had him for so long that, I mean, sometimes I have little like temper tantrums to myself. I'm like, I just want to be selfish. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, I actually don't want to be selfish. I just kind of want this moment, but I can't have it. And I think there's there's pros and cons to that. I think it will, it's definitely like affected certain areas. Like I've been a push pushover in relationships, for example, but, or I like treat others with um, unconditional love when it's not reciprocated. So there's been a lot of pros and cons in that sense, but I've had to lead by example for so long. And if I did something, he did it and I didn't like it. So I had to like, oh my God, I have to like erase what I'm doing and then redo it in a different sense. And if I do something wrong, I talk to him like, okay, maybe what I just did isn't like the best, perhaps like this is what I should do next time. And so he's kind of been that kid. And now when I complain about him to my friends, I'm like, I get that I have probably like the best version of a kid and the best version of a teenager. But as a single mom, who's an entrepreneur, who's only 29 of a almost 14 year old, like it's still too much. So there's still like, it's still really hard, but at least it's like the better version of hard like you know my kid tells me some things that other kids are doing someone set fireworks off in the school two days in a row after they stole all the soap dispensers in the bathrooms so like I don't have that kid but 
Yeah, that was a TikTok thing. That's hilarious that you said. Well, I saw that after because I was like, he told me he's like, yeah, he got suspended for for vandalizing bathrooms, and they tried to remove the mirrors or something. But yeah, they were like cemented on. I don't even know how an old school mirror goes on a wall, but. And then I saw the TikTok challenge where, like, October, I think it was October, was. Yeah. What was it? I don't know. My daughter was telling me about it. And and someone was like, slap a teacher. One was vandalize a bathroom. Yeah. Skip a skip a class late in August. Not August. Or maybe August because Americans go to school in August, I think. But it was like a monthly challenge. Yeah. And then just looking at. Yeah. Like my son doesn't have social media. My son has zero social media. I'm not into it after knowing what's on the internet he thinks actually the other day he got mad at me and said no other parent is like you everyone else has social media everyone else is allowed to do whatever they want like that's nice that's not happening in my household because (laughs) I know all too well what it's like to be your age much closer to their parents who are his friends parents are like my parents age yeah 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 yeah. his best parents are my mom and dad's age yeah they're the nicest parents to me every other parent is not really that nice but I'm always like, oh, like, it's so nice that the sibling has shown up. And unfortunately, we need his mom or dad to come. And I'm like, I'm his mom. <laughs> I'm his mom. Oh, awkward. And then it's like dead silence. Yeah. You don't oh, old enough to be his mom. I'm like, I'm not old enough to be his mom. But here I am. So, yeah. like, do we have to have this? Gosh, so crazy. Yeah. I'm almost getting too angry about it now. I am really good at making my body not a home to emotions. And it's more like it passes through me. I honor it. I feel it. But I'm getting to the point where I'm just like annoyed. Even in a mask, I was like, sweet. No one can say you're too young. Yeah. And then I'm, they're like, you're too young. And I'm like, you can't even see me. Like I have a mask on. Sweet. Why is my forehead telling you that I'm too young? <laughs> Thank you. You should be like, but, Botox is amazing. Like... <laughs> Well, I honestly, I honestly just started talking about East 29th. I'm like, that's so great. I was going to get yeah. East 29th. My forehead is thanks to them. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But it's just been like, I'm never going to be seen as old enough. I'm never going to be, it's for me, it's the respect factor. Cause I have never walked in a room and someone's like, I'm so-and-so's mom. I'm like, no, oh, you're too old. Really? You're his mom. Like I've never thought like, it's, too old. <laughs> it's, too, it's just so rude to like, but then also the, oh, is his dad still in the picture? Like, surely you have another parent at home. No. Oh, how do you do it? This one mom, not that long ago at rugby, was like, I mean, I have like savings. So like, I get being a single mom is okay. But, like, you mustn't have like, have any savings. I was like, who talks about someone's bank account? So crazy. Wow. I'm really, you posted about this, right? Like, yes. yes I, I started just posting about the stories because it's like, this is what I deal with. Your curiosity is much more important than my comfortability of like just existing. Please, yeah. I would like to just breathe because trust and believe if I want to talk about my financials, my age, I will. And I don't want to do it with a stranger. Yeah. I can't even believe. Wow. I'm wow. More people did it when he was younger. We like even on the bus, he would be like four years old, five years old. And I'd be like standing there, like holding the pole, and someone would be like, oh, is that your brother that's so nice and I'm like that's my son oh where is his dad in the picture and I remember like being so infuriated I was 20 at the time and I looked at this lady I'm like is your dad in your in your life and she was like that's none of your business I'm like exactly yeah your business but no it's it's, we're an open open target I feel like just because it's so obvious that we are so close in age but I had an actor once tell me, and I, it honestly changed my perspective a lot. 
because I, you know, everyone who sat in my chair would see the photos that I'd have like on my mirror of him. They're like, oh, is that your nephew? He's so sweet. Oh, and you see like my dog and Alex. I'm like, no, that's my son. And then there's always, how old were you? Five. And I'd be like, yeah, I was five. Obviously, it wasn't. But you know, like you just start giving it back. Mm-hmm. And this one actor had said to me, she was like, honestly, like, I think you're really lucky that it's so obvious and people ask you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so. <laughs> <laughs> say hi to everybody. Hi. Hi. He's the one the Dalmatians? Yeah. You know, yes. The 29th product that we love so much, the serum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she <picked> it. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> Make your breakfast. <laughs> There's one there'll be one more trailing in. My teenager won't wake up till like noon. <laughs> like Maybe 11 or 1? Yeah, 11 or 1. Wow. The range. Yeah, I just can't imagine, like, you are so strong. And I, like, you know, anytime I talk about East 29th, I'm like, the girl behind it is just so tough. Like, her story is so amazing. Um, And you openly share your story. And I just think, like... But I didn't for so long. Yeah, but I think it, it, like it's so strengthening for someone else who's going through you know something similar okay babe i'm on the i'm on like call <laughs> um and it's just so but amazing about so like the actor had said to me she's like you're so lucky and i'm like in my mind i'm like i'm not lucky like i don't know what you're talking about yeah. she was like you know i was raped when i was in my late 30s and i've never ever talked about it and and she was oh. like it's not something that people like question me about and it, it then you know in turn whether it's in spite or in courage I then talk about it she's like I've just bottled it up so it like she's like I just think it's so lucky that you've been able to talk about whatever you've gone through wow. because you know it's so obvious that you kind of had to talk about it and I've never thought about someone feeling that way so I was like oh I, that's a new perspective like okay I'm not lucky but I can get in her shoes, like just wanting to talk about it. So for me, that really changed things. And that's when I started talking because I would talk about it, whoever I was talking to, mm-hmm. mainly because I was just like, stop asking. Like my whole, the reason I started talking about, you know, having Alex or any of that is because people would ask questions and then you just give them this, this like punch in the face, honest response. And they're like, oh, and then they kind of shut up. So like, if you want to know, like, here's what yeah. So it became almost like a rebellious phase of mine to just be like, here you go. Like, let me just slap you with it. And they'd be like, oh my God. But then it just kind of like people started being like, wow, like, you know, this happened to me. And people started unloading all of like what they've gone through. I've had people all ages message me about, you know, either when they got pregnant when they were younger and then they had a miscarriage or they had an abortion, they've felt guilty for. And then I've talked to them through it. Like there's just been so many really great conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, like, I don't look at it as strength. I look at it as like, I don't know what it's like to not be pregnant at 14. I don't know what it's not, what it's like to not have a kid at 15. Some yeah. people are like, what's it like? I'm like, what's it like? You know, like, what is it like? So when I'm looking at Alex now, I think I'm entering the hardest phase because I don't know what it's like to be 14 and not pregnant. I don't know what it's like to be 15 and not a mom. So I don't know what it's like to be a teenager. Yeah. So I actually feel like I don't have the ability to be a great mom. And that's something that I mean, I know I'm going to be, but it's something that I'm really struggling with because I don't know, I don't know what's normal. 
like when he's like oh you know moody I'm like that's not fair like don't be moody like in my mind I'm like I've dealt with way more than you have so like this should be fine but he doesn't know the way more so I can't say that I can't yeah. say that. I have to honor like, him in his path well, yeah. Like, yeah I have to shelf like that's all the way yeah. yeah well and so I have so many people that complain to me about little things and I remember just kind of getting so angry during the pandemic and being like you know people go their whole some people go their whole lives like having like little things on their plate and they're very vocal like oh I have this on my plate blah 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 and I'm like meanwhile I have had the world in the tiniest bowl and I just go through like everything is fine and like I don't understand how everyone's not handling themselves and it was like this big like okay I'm just meant to carry more but then you see that quote like just because you carry it well doesn't mean it's not heavy and I'm like yes it is bloody heavy so let's talk about it because I'm sure there's so many people who are going through heavy situations that want to talk about it, but they don't. Mm-hmm. So when people see strength in a conversation, I'm like, mm, it's pretty simple to talk. So, but if it helps someone, I might as well do it. Yeah. And it's been so freeing, I think, at the same time. But I have a lot to unpack still. There's so much to unpack now that he's turning the age. Like, I didn't realize this was going to hit me. I think this is the hardest emotional. I look back, I'm like, I want a newborn. I don't want another newborn. I want <laughs> that newborn. So I have. 15 years to kind of like start over emotionally and refigure out like where I'm going and recalibrate because yeah. it's intense I come from a family that doesn't share their emotions like we're very love them but we're very like closed and being closed was seen as like valiant and like strong and that was like who you're meant to be and I'm like sorry mm. And then I would talk about how I feel. And then it'd be like, oh, did you hear Victoria? Like, that's just not wrong. And then you get ostracized from the family and you're like, oh, all I did was tell you I felt sad. Like, that's just so weird. Why are we not talking to me now? Yeah. It's just like this weird, it's not like my mom and dad, but like, or my sister, yeah. everyone else around yeah. that. Yeah. And it's funny because they're coming back now. Like my uncle reached out to me after disowning me because I was pregnant at 14 like literally two months ago oh my god and I said to him because I was like why he's like let's just forget everything that happened let's just like start anew and I was like well no 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 I will start anew once we've like talked about that because I can't carry that baggage and so he was like honestly I was really angry and I was like for what and he was like I was so mad that that happened to you that and I'm like so you took it out on me so yeah. you just you disappeared from my life for 14 years because yeah. you were mad at what happened to me and he was like honestly yeah and it, it I didn't realize until a few years ago and it's taken me a few years to like get the courage to like fix this so now I'm like for the first time I have a, a, an uncle I didn't really have my you know for half my life now which is you the could have used like 10 oh. 15 years ago well that's just it I said to him like I needed you and he was I'm like I needed like the softness I needed the love the support he's like yeah but you're a strong girl you can handle it. I'm like just because I can handle it does not mean I don't deserve like another shoulder to cry on he's like yeah but I'm not really good with tears I'm like okay. proverbial tears I'm not actually going to cry on your shoulder but yeah. I want to tell you I feel shit today like yeah you know what I mean but yeah. It's good though, because I feel like there's a lot of closure that has happened in the last few months. There's a lot of like, it just feels good in a sense of full circle, like kind of fixing it, but there's still so much, mm-hmm. so much more to deal with. I mean, we're all a little bit, you know, not messed up, but messed up. And we, yeah, all, have, we, <laughs> we all have things to 100%. work on, right? <laughs> yeah. There is no actual quote unquote normal. So whether you're here and I'm here, like it's still somehow like, yeah. Not, yeah. 
not perfect and we never will be, but, and there's just so much going on in the world that it's never, even if you, like, I find every time something really great happens or I feel really good, something equally really bad happens. There's never, it's never one-sided. There's, it's a ping pong back and forth. And that's the way that I can handle really good news. I know something bad's going to happen. Then I know something good's going to happen. And that's what <laughs> keeps me sane, I think. Oh, man. I just, I love, like, I love your story. I love your energy so much. I just, oh, I don't know, just thinking about it, I'm like, oh, it just excites me. And I think that's what makes it easier <laughs> to sell your product because <laughs> it's such a beautiful person behind it. Mm -hmm. you know? Like, there's so much more meaning to just a skincare. Yeah, I right. wanted to make sure we had a lot of empathy behind the brand, a lot of purpose yeah. behind the brand. Well, that was it. Like I knew I had value in product, but I didn't just want to be like another skincare product. brand. Yeah, because it wasn't my goal. Like I didn't grow up thinking I want to be an entrepreneur. I love skin. I love makeup. I just honestly, I became a makeup artist because I got bored of drawing on paper. I got bored of painting on you know different walls or whatever like I just wanted a challenge so I was like this canvas lives and breathes and it changes with time it changes with temperature like a, it has an opinion I could paint yeah. the best picture and it can look at me and be like this sucks yeah. for me that was like amazing <laughs> I wanted a challenge so I went into makeup school never holding a makeup brush in my life I didn't even wow. I did like eyeliner on myself, very almost Amy Winehouse style, very perfect every single day. And it was like the key thing I needed. And then I went to makeup school. I hated it. I was like, this is not for me. And my teacher was like, you're so good. I would hire you on the spot. And I was like, oh, I didn't know what to compare being good to. Right. And then ever since I finished school, I was like, maybe it's not for me. And I've never stopped working from that moment on. So I was like, okay, I started working here in music videos. I went to New York to work for a while. I worked with Cirque du Soleil in Montreal, came back, got on a TV show, and then just never stopped working in film. How and did so, you do this with your son? Was was he coming with you or? When I would travel to New York and Montreal, my dad came here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't really know what to do. I didn't have yeah. any aspect. Um, daycare here is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. One kid left in daycare, and I'm like, I cannot. I have wait. no words for the daycare system. Honestly, I put my son on the list for um, before and after school care mm -hmm. when we were when he was in kindergarten. I got the call when he was in grade eight that there was space available. <laughs> I was like, on what planet do you think my kid still needs to go there? Like, look yeah. at when I entered this list, or if you know it took years to get through that list. Yes. Does not need born before and after school care at a different no. You know what it is? Is because some parents will do it before they're even parents. Yeah. Like some people will put their names down on a fucking wait list thinking that they'll have a kid. And I think that is the craziest thing. I'm it's like, rude. You're wasting someone else's fuck. Well, we were just talking to Michelle, remember? And she was telling her girlfriend who's pregnant right now, she's like, You didn't put her on the wait list yet for uh, daycare, remember? Yeah. She's, she's not born yet and she's like I know but like it's gonna take that long to get in it's so crazy but at least she's pregnant and she knows she has a kid coming <laughs> I've heard stories of some people that are just like well you know I moved into the area and I just wanted to put them in the wait list in case and I was like you fucking waste like, you're wasting space for people that actually need it like I had no money no idea <laughs> like no like no Yes, it was. It's so rude. You know, there is like, I do have to say there is a child care subsidy 
that I used because my husband and I had our kid, our first kid really young as well, right? Like we were 23 and only dating for six months and not, not really together, right? So, I mean, we've made it, we're, we're together now, but like, yeah, like I was just learning how to adult when I had to be an adult. So, you know, I wasn't really finished school. I finished my tourism program and I was like, well, I guess that's enough. Um, and so I used a lot of the childcare subsidy, which and that's I found still not enough though. It's still not enough, but I and I found a daycare that happened to, and it was at a church. <laughs> so they just happened to charge really, really cheap. So I only had to pay fifty bucks a month, which was great. I and I lucked out me too, but it wasn't enough. And yeah. then I did it like it still wasn't enough. It didn't cover everything. I was in school at the time. So I wasn't making any money. Mm-hmm. I'd come here with literally like no money. I, cause when I had Alex, I had taken all like, you know, when your grandma gives you like $50 and it's in, I don't even know an RSP or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mature has a mature date. Like I pulled all of those out, bought a crib, bought everything. So I had no money saved. I had like pennies. I was working um, at old Navy stocking shelves overnight. I worked at home during the day for, um, like a telecommunications company and I helped my parents with their income tax company and, and then I started working at nightclubs because my son was sleeping so I worked like coat check at all these bars because my son would be in bed and I wouldn't miss out on any time so I was all I had three different jobs sometimes four around the clock and then I moved here and I came here on a whim within two months I got accepted into makeup school and I told my boyfriend at the time like I'm going with or without you and he actually sat there and cried and I was like oh it's not about you like I'm not I don't not want you to come I'm just like if you don't want to come like I'm not gonna Gonna say yeah (laughs) that's just weird and then he was like no I'll come and we packed up my grandpa's old jeep wagoneer and we moved across from Winnipeg to here and that was like two weeks later and then my mom flew my son here because our vehicle had no seats in the back it was so full my mom flew down two weeks later with my son and then she stayed for like a week and she left and I was like oh I guess I need daycare and we had moved into a basement suite. I didn't know the situation of basements here. Like we don't really have a lot of basement suites that rent out in Winnipeg. It's not like a thing. So we get there and I guess they took the photos from the bottom corner of the floor. To make it look like amazing. All in like, yeah. So I'm five, ten and a half. Yeah. And my partner, um, he was five, six, bless his heart. And <laughs> yeah. So we get there and I'm like this, like I can't, I don't fit. The ceiling is six foot. So I feel like, cause I would sometimes put my hair in a ponytail and I literally would walk and I'd smack the ceiling. I'm like, okay, I can't, no bun, no ponytail. Like we're just gonna, I would like go to stretch my arms and I'm like punching the ceiling. And then the, to go to my bedroom, the door frame went up to my eye height. So in the morning when I'd be getting up at four in the morning to get Alex ready to go drop him off at daycare to then go to school, I would get up so early and I'd walk and I'd smack my face every morning. It'd be like my coffee, it'd rate my forehead every morning. To get in the shower, I'd be like this. And I would try and like wash. (laughs) Because the shower head was what? Yeah, I give it. Angled and small, yeah. I would like literally be squatting and just like trying to wash. No, it didn't work. I started washing my hair at my friend's house, or like if there was. You just put a chair in the in the shower. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, I didn't have enough money to buy a chair. Like it was, <laughs> it was so bad. And so we broke our lease, and the people were so angry. But I was like, this, you, you, please tell people 
when they can't, you know, and like my boyfriend at the time was complaining about the height. And I'm like, could you imagine being five ten and a half though? Like it just doesn't work. And so my son always would say, mommy, when you outgrow like our next ceiling, I'm like, oh no, this is like a nine foot, 10 foot ceiling. I'm not outgrowing this. Cause he always thought I was just this giant that didn't fit in anywhere. Like, I'm like, mm -mm, that is not going to happen. But, yeah. And it was bad. So I'm like going to school. I can't afford anything. Like it didn't make sense. And then we got him in a church like you had, and it was yeah. great. But then they closed down the church, wanted to start using that for something else. Oh, they kicked yeah. out the daycare. The yeah. daycare kept saying, Oh, we're going to open up down the street. They never did. Yeah. Then I found a friend. I reached out to parents who, because when I went to kindergarten, I reached out to parents. And I'm like, So does like anyone else? And so another mom had to quit her job because she couldn't afford it. So a bunch of kids went to her and then she moved away. And it was like this train wreck of like every time I got comfortable, something happened. Yeah. And then I found this lady who the subsidized, um, covered a lot of it, but she still was a bit more and it was great. Like it was far away, but at least I could afford it. Mm -hmm. And then I showed up to pick him up and no adult was home. She left all, and my son goes, Oh, that's my mom. And you can hear him and he unlocks the door and lets us in. There's no parents in there. And like, we just went down the block to go to the store to get something. Yeah. Oh my God, I would die. Yeah. So wow. I, and it was, I had my finals at school. And so I called my mom, like, just hysterical. Yeah. yeah. About how she had like, this person had left. And then she was, I told her my son was never coming back there. And so she tried to charge me. She's like, well, you didn't give me enough time to tell me he's not coming next month. And I was like, you left these children. And I had to stay there and wait till their parents showed up. Cause I was not leaving these kids alone in the household and she's like oh yeah one of one of them felt sick so we went to get medicine two adults left the home oh my gosh yeah yeah I don't have a lot of nice words to say about that situation yeah that's insane and, and so I was like my parents biggest fear like what well, I'm like saying to my mom and at this time I'm 20 years old like I don't this is like I don't even know how to be a human being never mind how to be a human being that yeah. can take care of a child yeah. and I call my mom I'm like I don't know how to problem solve this situation so my mom because I had exams every day coming up my mom flew down from Winnipeg to watch wow. him so I could do my exams and that's not like a normal thing that a parent can do like I don't have any family here but thank god my mom came because I wouldn't have yeah those exams right like it would have been luckily I was going to Winnipeg like right after that because it was December so I just ended up flying back with her and she had just instead of us going to Winnipeg a bit earlier she came here and our trip was a little bit opposite and it wasn't all in Winnipeg she came here but I was like and then I trusted no one yeah I remember I had a boyfriend at the time who like I remember saying like hey do you mind like pitching a little bit for daycare because I can't afford daycare so now I can't get a job I can't take any time away and you know him being it just wasn't enough and he said to me he's like was that your goal like to lasso in another man to take care of another man's child and I remember just being like so like emotionally just kind of like shot like I was like oh that no that snap so then I got too proud after that I never asked for help I ne like no one was allowed to pay a pen no one was allowed to even touch what I was doing as a mom and like that sucks because I didn't even want to accept help from like my family, but I was just so like, no, like, I don't want people to think that of me as a parent. Mm -hmm. So I've been very like solo, like almost too proud when someone is like, Oh, you like, 
you know, a teacher said to me like, oh, you're a single mom. Like, we don't want to do that for you. I'm like, no, I'm paying full price. Like, heck no. Like, do not give me that pity story. But then it's like, oh no, we just know how hard it is. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that. And then I had to like eventually reel it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you're not doing it like as like, they're not trying to hurt you. You're sure. hurt by it because it's triggering, you know, an old emotion. But like, you can accept that, you know, being a single mom is hard. My son used to drop rulers down the elevator shaft. I don't know. And so they would charge me. They're like, because you're a single mom, it's going to be 25 cents each time instead of whatever they would have like actually done. And I was like, here's a dollar. Like, do not tell me. And they're like, no, no, we can't accept a dollar. And they tried to give me something back. I'm like, well, then take this for the next three times he does it. I'm trying to get him not to do it. But if he does do it, I've paid in advance or whatever. And I'm like, don't tell me I can't afford 25 cents. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I remember when he was in grade one, I had like, I guess it was before pennies were obsolete. I had three pennies <laughs> bank account. I had no idea mm-hmm. how I was going to do anything. And I remember telling him, if you get hundred percent on a test, I'm going to buy you whatever you want. And I was like, Oh God. Cause he's like, I got hundred percent. I had three cents. I was like, I don't know like how I'm going to do this. We're walking to the store and in my head, I'm like, how do I lie, but not lie. And I found a $5 bill on the ground. And I was like, Oh, that's the universe taking care of you. I gave him the full $5. I was like, get whatever you want. And he went and he got his favorite snack was boy bawang, the little corn nuts. Oh my God. They were like 68 oh. cents. Yeah. And he was legit have those in my. <laughs> yeah. Well, because my, well, his, I, I dated, my ex was Filipino. We dated. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even know about boy bawang. <laughs> oh my gosh. When I think of, it's so funny because even for, even for like rugby, they're like, we're having a potluck this was to get like last month and they're like we have to have a potluck like bring something from your heritage I wasn't about to make anything from my Scottish heritage you know like I'm not like to, to sit in school all day yeah. and I'm like that's just so weird and then my son is through 23 me we found out he's Portuguese so I make a lot of Portuguese food but I don't actually know anything about we're not Portuguese like I'm not yeah. Yeah. our childhood like anytime we have a celebration it's Filipino food I make laing pandasal I make good <laughs> Oh my God. Um, my favorite, favorite, favorite is Beagle Express. His favorite meal is Beagle Express. Oh, you were telling me on one yes. of his Instagram stories what tastes like home. And yes. then all this food. I'm like, oh, well. I spent a total of 10 years dating Filipino. I've dated two Filipinos. 10 years of my life. And his whole childhood is so submersed in Filipino. Oh, like, yes. So we I made Beagle, I made um Pandasal and sent them. Like, we're not we're not Filipino but like this is what home is for us and you know like he wore Pumbai high and Pantulog and you know his clothes and Mahakita like we literally like everyone like did you hulamos you know you and he's like um yeah I'm gonna go clean my eyes out now so I'm like that was the dialogue of our household and he grew up with you know speaking Tagalog I mean it's been so long now I haven't dated anyone in a really long time but you know I'm like it's so funny because we are and he was like I'm Filipino right I'm like no you're not <laughs> you're Portuguese but he would always get that mixed up but because there was no Portuguese aspect in our actual home because it's not from my family yeah you know he always would get so confused and you know because my son has more of an olive skin tone people used to think that he actually was like my ex's kid like you know and it's like and then my son got really tall and you know, definitely, definitely. He, my son's not short. He's already almost my height. And yeah, I saw you already. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's like almost five, nine. Wow. 
when you look at like we're almost I it's he put his shoes on I was like why do I look why am I looking in my eyes what is happening well I was five seven by grade seven and then I had Alex in grade nine and I was not five ten yet I was still growing after I had it when I was pregnant yeah, because I, I have scoliosis. Like yeah. But well, I didn't finish growing until I was 21. When I was 21, I went from 5'10 to 5'10 and a half. And then I stopped. But I have a slight spine curve wow. because I was still growing when I 42 weeks pregnant. I was yeah. overdue. Yeah. With my like boobs and my belly just like so swollen. Yeah, no. So exactly. I'm curious to know, um, like how you navigated con like when did you start having conversations with him about you know where your story and his story and like how you guys navigate through that I'm very much a say what you mean mean what you say kind of person and you know he at like for the longest time you don't talk about it and again it goes back to my ex was really Oh, I like, I, if I, there's nothing I would redo in life, but like, I look at some moments and I cringe and like, Ooh, that sucks. Like that really. So he was very much, he wanted to be like the dad figure, which like bless his heart. I always had so much respect for that, but because I had respect for that, I was very blind to other things. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't want to talk about like this real dad, this, you know, situation. And I'm like, you know what? Like, unfortunately for you, like you're not his father. So like, we have to accept that, you know, things are going to come up and I remember saying to my son I was like you know what if you have any questions like just ask and he, he was like okay I'm going to come up with like a list of questions and he was like really young and he came up with his list and his list was were you married were you in love how come you're not married anymore how come you're divorced like there were all these like things because he always wanted another sibling and I would say to him like when I'm married like I'll have another kid yeah so in his eyes that meant I was married I was in love and I was like oh <laughs> and that's probably what he sees around him yeah, well because I kept saying like when I'm married you can have a sibling yeah you don't need marriage to have a sibling but I wanted stability yeah so, you know and I'm like I too when we're married and we own a home so he's like so like when did you sell your home like his questions were so like oh like I didn't even I didn't so connected like yeah I was like oh. <laughs> I was not married. I was not in love. Like, no, no, no. And then I didn't <laughs> want to like tell him about that, but I gave those, like those were no's, no's, no's. And then my dad, my son would go to Winnipeg for the summer. And my dad is like, Ooh, like you need to have this conversation. Cause they were getting ice cream. And he goes, where's my dad at the counter buying the ice cream, you know? And so he started like seeing things. And the thing is, is like, this goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. People just ask questions. Yeah. So my son started asking those questions. So because you know, my son was like five years old, six years old. And people would be like, where's his dad? Why isn't his dad around? And it's like, no, no, no. And so it confused him because he thought my ex, no, he didn't think my ex was his dad, but he heard me explain so many times, like, no. And so he would get really defensive and he'd be like, I have the best dad ever. And they're like, I thought your dad wasn't in the picture. And then I'd be like, oh my God, you're yelling at a kid. Like it's his stepdad. So then it had to like go into this like weird it was always a battle and I remember one time we were coming back from LA and we were crossing the border and you know my son got really angry because you know on the passport it says parent one Victoria or it's not the passport sorry the birth certificate parent one Victoria parent two blank where's the dad like how come the dad is and he got so angry and he'd be like I have the best dad ever and I'm like 
you have a stepdad. I'm like, he doesn't have a dad. He's like, how come I don't have a note? How come he's not? I'm like, oh. I have a dad. Alex, I know you love your stepdad. I like, but this is like not the time. So it became, it, they were always asking questions in front of him. And it was like, wow. this can't keep happening. And it was so insensitive and it was yeah. so yeah. uncomfortable. Like there is no other dad on the birth certificate. There is no other parent that, you know, needs to have a say. I don't need to have a letter that says, hey, like you can cross border because there is no other parent, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but because I dated someone for so many years and we lived together, of course, like, yeah, he feels like he has a home like everyone else has. Yeah. And it became almost like I had to talk to him about it or it wasn't going to happen. But it wasn't until later that I talked about actual things. And I remember I didn't give any like deep details until actually recently. It was maybe like a year ago where I got into it because he was like being really rude. He's being a, he was being a preteen. And he was just giving me so much shit, like, eh, everyone is a mom and dad, blah, 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 like, life's not fair. And I was like, do you, you want to know what's not fair? Like, can, like, we talk about how I went through this and I still raised you? Like, you know, people have made comments about how you came into this world and people have, like, given me shit and I've had to put a smile on my face. So don't tell me your life is unfair because I said you can't go on the internet at midnight. Like, just, you know, and yeah. I just kind of, like, lost it. And he just, like, sat there he was like oh okay I'm like so forgive me for wanting to give you parameters and give you rules and give you guidelines because you know you're too young for this he's like it's not fair that I can't do this I'm like you know what's not fair like not knowing who I am but raising someone to be like the best version of who they are like just give me a break and yeah. he was like oh okay <sighs> Like, and it was, and then I, I felt really bad that I like said that like the next morning, I was like, oh, I wish I didn't, wish I didn't say that. But at the same time, like our relationship grew so much more and he's never given me pushback in that area. Wow. I mean, he's definitely like, he'll give me pushback. But then he goes, I know, you know, like you, you've had it harder or you've had a hard time. And I, he always says, I know you're doing your best. And sometimes it feels shitty to hear that. Cause you're like, <laughs> my best sucks. We get it. <laughs> But like, at least you're conscious enough to know, but I feel bad because he like talks about how he does not want kids. He's like, I never want to have a kid. And then I feel guilty because I'm like, have I shown you that it's so shitty to have a kid? It's not, but like, has it, but then I talked to all my friends, like my best friend, he, his mom had a lot of young kids, kids really young and none of the siblings have had children. So he's like, no, it, like, and the mom was very much like, you know, like enjoy yourself, enjoy like your twenties, like don't have kids till later on. She's like, did I push too hard? Like, did I, did I do that? Like, is it too much? Cause I say to him, I'm like, don't get married until you're later. Like, don't do it. I don't think I want to, I don't think marriage is in my cards because I'm just that stability. I realized I'm not looking for in someone else. I'm so happy to do it myself. But I remember when I turned 22, my mom called me. She's like, happy birthday. Like, don't get married. I got married at 22. Worst decision I've ever made. Like, don't do it. And my parents were still together at the time. Like, let's, like, she was just saying, you don't know who you are yet. And my grandma called me, who was with my grandpa until he died when my son was born all those years. And she was like, happy birthday. Don't get married. I got married at 22. And although it's the best decision I ever made, worst decision at the same time, like find yourself. Yeah, it was really kind of interesting to be called by two people that got married at 22 and were like, don't do it. And then now my sister's 31 and I'm 29. Neither of us are married. Like we're just, 
Because you're like at that age, you're still finding yourself. Like I'm still figuring out who I am today. Yeah. Like, like for heaven's sakes, like I'm 38 and I'm still looking for my like trying to really figure out how I feel about situations. Like I'm is we're always gonna evolve. Our emotions are we're never static. And if we are, then we're not growing and there's a problem. So we're always finding out who we are. And maybe that just means we don't need to add another person to the mix. I'm thankful that I have like an older kid now because I'm 33 my son's an adult I can have my 18 year old years when I'm 33 technically I will not Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean like I can go out and do all the things that everyone does when they're really young yeah I will be a conscious adult yeah who is financially stable and is living doing it now that are literally their kids are old enough so they're like hey bye we're gonna go out we're gonna have dinner we're gonna go drinking well even traveling right yes Yeah. yeah I I'm not just gonna go backpacking and like live on a really yeah. budget to the world. I'm gonna see the world, and yeah. I'll have a travel companion. I took him to Paris, and like it changed his life. French is his yeah. absolute obsession, all because I decided to travel to every Disneyland because I missed out on so much time with him. Mm-hmm. When I'd be between shows, I would be like, whatever you want to do. So he wanted to go to all the Disneyland, so we started wow. traveling to Disneyland, and now he's so obsessed with French, it's changed his life. And he always says, when you took me to Paris, it just changed, like it just opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. And that is huge because I had paid my debt off. Like when you go to makeup school, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. My school debt was well over $40,000, never mm-hmm. mind having a baby. But I paid off my debt by 25. Ooh. That was from, from when I was entered film around 20, 21 to 25. I saved 75% of every single paycheck. except wow. Rent was, but we lived so tightly. Like I didn't there was no enjoying myself and I remember my ex used to get so mad at me he's like you just don't enjoy yourself you don't do anything fun I'm like I'm not thinking about today I'm thinking about tomorrow and that's it so I paid off all my debt and then I saved money and I saved all that money and then I put all that money into East 29 and then the pandemic came and I had no money no no savings all gone so I was like this is make or break because I'm now in debt again because of that right I had maxed out all my credit cards just trying to live through the pandemic yeah. while launching the business <laughs> which is just crazy but you know I look at it it was such and then I took all that I made and I put it into two new products like a totally sane person would <laughs> product is expensive like the minimum spent like it's so expensive <laughs> right and even you're just formulating it up until yeah. that point till it is ready to like go yeah. out and then having to because pr- you have to pre-buy all the product right? yes you have well to and everything for a certain amber amount. glass bottles are in a worldwide shortage, shortage. <laughs> yes. so when I look at what my costs are now and like the timelines on to things to make I just hold on to like we won't always be living in a pandemic yeah places will be caught and timelines will be cut. Like everything. I needed to get an ingredient from um, Quebec and it was like, oh, it's just, you know, travel, like with shipping it. So that took me an extra few months. So instead of launching in um, the new product in June, I had to launch the new products in September, which ended up being at like literally September 30th because it just took so long to get everything together. So, and, but you know what the really cool thing was is no, when I was launching the Vital Serum, no one was really, I mean, I'm sure there are brands doing stuff, but everyone kind of halted. So my um, 
the guys that do my boxes in Richmond and my label company in Coquitlam, <laughs> they were really one-on-one. -on -one. They were like literally coming to my house, you know, showing me the samples. I'd sign off on them because I was like the one client that they still had. It was like at the heat where everyone kind of stopped. Yeah. And so I was like the only customer spending money at that time for a lot of companies. So that was in my favor. I think I looked crazy. Yeah. 100%. I looked absolutely nuts. And if I look back, I probably would have been like, girl, what are you doing? Like, stop it. Like, just don't. But I just didn't think about that. My fear of failure is a little bit muddled because I'm like, if I've raised a child and he's still alive, I could probably start a brand, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, is, nothing nothing can tear you down, pretty much. Like, you've lived through. I have a lot of lived experience. Yeah. I learned the hard way, so I'm trying to teach my son to not learn the hard way. Yeah. But sometimes like, we need to learn a little bit of that, right? Like some things. Yeah. Like, no, don't. Not, don't yeah. Don't <laughs> do it. Please don't do it. Like, I would. I'm sure I'll be a great grandma, but please don't make me a grandma by 30. Just don't. Mm -hmm. Not ready to be a grandma anytime. Yeah. Anytime. You're, about to, you're about to live your life right now. <laughs> well, and so now I'm at the point where I don't want any more kids, like at all, and it's not because. I don't have kids. I actually like I have baby fever for other people's babies, but to to get to the point where I'm so close to not having a responsibility that is like underage, I am not going back. So to me, it's even the idea of dating is even weird because I'm like, hey, I'm young. Men are kind of like, hey, we can maybe see ourselves settling down now. And I'm like, but I'm not having children and I actually don't care if I never get married. And they're like, oh, yeah and then they're out of there and you're like all right so and it's this weird conversation now where I'm like hey yep Victoria 29 don't want kids and then it's like oh and then you're instantly it's just kind of not a thing because maybe they don't want kids now which they say they don't want kids now but they probably do in a few years and I'm not going to be that girl and I'm not here to waste anyone's time because I'm not here to waste my time yeah. so I'm I've told myself like even this morning I'm like you know what like definitely it's just not in my peripheral to be dating anytime soon it's just like you gotta wait till the divorced men <laughs> like I don't want any kids either <laughs> well that was my last relationship I my actual last relationship he was much older than me but we we met at work we worked together for five years and his kids are the similar age of my son they were actually his daughter was really close to my age she was like 19 and we started dating when I was 27 26 27 um but and his son was a year older than Alex. And it was great because he didn't want any more kids. But then he was in his 50s and like he just didn't, he, yeah. he liked me, um, like my maturity level, but his num any time that I didn't agree with him, it would be like, well, you're uneducated. And I'd be like, you know what? I am uneducated. What about it? Like, what does that have to do with it? Or I didn't agree with him on some stuff. And actually I did not agree with his stance being, he wasn't happy with, I don't know how to say this politely. Basically, he was um, an all lives matter kind of person. And you don't know that about someone when you work so many hours a day and you yeah. see their like work front where they're like so nice. And then when you're dating and you're working so many hours, you only would have like 30 minutes before bed or you'd go to dinner really late and then you, you know, go and you don't sit there and talk about all these like really uncomfortable differences, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the pandemic hits and you have time together for the first time and you're like, oh, no, no, no 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 oh. you know we had these conversations 
And I just remember him being so like, you know, all lives matter. I'm like, actually, like people are saying Black Lives Matter because all lives matter. That's yeah. the point. And it would be like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. And he told me, he's like, you sound really childish. You sound like a child. You sound really immature. You're like, you need to grow up. And I'm like, why are we using our age difference, my lack of education, like a weapon? Like, and the, for the first time, I was like, okay, he doesn't know that that would hurt me. So I said, this hurts me. This is why. Because my lack of education, I don't have an education. If you're going to use that as a weapon, I'm not the girl for you. Because yeah. I can just get an education. Yeah. And then I, I remember being like, why did you like me in the first place? He's like, you're really intelligent. I'm like, okay, so what are we talking about uneducated? He's yeah. like, you sound uneducated. You sound uneducated. I'm like, but I am uneducated when I say hi. I'm uneducated when I say bye. Do I sound uneducated? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it was like this weird, why is that such a negative? And then, you know, he'd say like, you sound like a child. I'm like, I am a full blown adult. I am like closer to 30. I have a teenage, like, what do you mean a child? How do I sound like a child? Because when I say hi to you, I'm the same age, same. I sound the same. Like, what are you talking about? And so we broke up uh, because of that. I'm like, no one can use the things that I've gone through like a weapon. It's just not, I will yeah. never let them have that power. So yeah. I'm uneducated. That's why I never used to admit ever that I have a grade eight education. And from that moment on, I just started telling people, I don't have an education. I have a grade eight education. I had my son in grade nine, like, and because I always get told I sound so eloquent or you sound so educated, like, okay, well, you should know then that I'm not. And we don't need to have a grade 12 diploma to be educated. In yeah. fact, I just finished. Succeed in life, like, right? obviously. <laughs> well, and I just finished an intro to psychology course online and I'm currently in digital marketing. I'm like, and I, when I was launching East 29th, okay, single mom, working on a show up to, could be 90, 100 hours a week. And I was doing financial accounting and marketing management so that I could launch the product. That's how I came up with the price point. That's how I literally figured everything out because I was in two online classes while doing all that. I didn't sleep at all, mm-hmm. but it was necessary. So when you're, someone's calling me uneducated, I'm like, why are we? how is this, you know, and my parents do income tax. So I did income tax school. I was supposed to go into business with them. Numbers are not my favorite. So I'm like, I think I have the one life skill that we actually need. And that's to know about your taxes. And, you know, (laughs) so I'm like, I got the only math I need. (laughs) There's no parallelogram season. Okay. (laughs) There is a tax season. So I'm like, you know what, if you want to have an issue with that, fine, but I don't want to date anyone who's getting divorced and because the, you know what I'm going to be that young even if I'm 35 and they're mm-hmm. 50 I'm going to be that young person that needs them and he used to get mad he's like you don't need me I'm like you're right I don't but I that was a him problem though yeah like, oh, 100%. yeah 100% like that's a him problem he obviously needs somebody to need him well that's it vote on him right you yeah. wanted a young girl yeah. who like oh please no you know what yeah. I haven't had I haven't needed my dad in so long I don't and there's not a, like this is a household without a dad I am mom and dad I don't need to yeah and I found myself being like hey I need help putting this picture up I don't need help putting a picture up yeah but I don't, and I don't want to pretend I need help. Yeah. You know what? Like I realized that I just don't have the time for that. I mean, technically if I wanted to make the time I could, it's not worth it. Right. So I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna, I'll take on another class if I want to have, you know, another project. I don't need, 
a man. Yeah. <laughs> a man project. <laughs> Please no more. And I, you know what? There's so many great men out there. There really are. But unless one just kind of like fell on my lap and I reject it like a thousand times and it's still like, hey, I'm still here. I don't think it'll work out. Yeah. Which whatever. It's just not your I've story. got a man. I've got my son, right? Like I don't, I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of like family and like, like I, I do, but my household looks a little different and I've come to terms with that. <laughs> but family is so like, it could be anything, you know, like it's not mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. It's not like, a nuclear thing anymore. I think yeah, that's the thing. Is no. like, well, my yeah. best friends are my family. Yeah. It's Especially during COVID, our COVID bubbles, you know, I live with my son and that's it. And my two best friends live alone. So like we were a bubble. Yeah. And I'm yeah. honestly still probably the only people I really see in person anyways, because it's not that I'm like nervous to get COVID or anything. We're vaccinated, but yeah, it's just even just like giving my energy away it's so hard to give that time away if it's not for the brand and it's not for my kid and some people say to you say to me like oh wow like I'm it's so amazing like a lot of people are asking me like can you give me advice on launching a brand like my number one thing is like make sure you like don't have time or don't want to have time for any or anyone or anything else mm-hmm. you can right but you have to have the mindset where it's okay because you might need to go a month with seeing nobody but who lives in your house. That's just, or like, you know, if you work in a, if you own a place, like you obviously see who works for you, but there's no like, oh my God, let's go for drinks Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like you're not yeah, going to have that. I'm at the point now where I'm trying to have coffees with people. Yeah. And it's still not really happening. You should do what Barb and I do. Like, oh, we want to see people or like, we want to see our friends, but we are like, we need to get, I don't know, we want to relax as well. So now we just started incorporating all into one. Yeah. So we're like, okay, you want to hang out? Let's go get foot massages. (laughs) Like you Mm want to hang out? Let's go do this workout together. And then like, you and then know. we're going to record it and then use it for video. <laughs> yeah. So it also is work-related, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we're just promoting wellness. But that's also- where the podcast started. I needed something when we yeah. couldn't see you. And I was like, okay, so I want to talk to people. And then I, I didn't think the podcast would really turn it into anything, but it's doing well. We've recorded almost three seasons now. And wow. a lot of people reach out to me that it's really helpful for them and Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people talk about the confidence it's given them to like admit that they're not one girl reached out to me and I'll never forget it she's like you talked about how you went to school without having a grade 12 and how when they asked you for a grade 12 diploma you're like I don't have it but I could like write something to show you that I'm educated enough to be here and she's like so then I applied for school and I got in because I had the courage to like actually say hey I don't have what you need and maybe like I can still get in here and so she did and I just thought that that was so cool and then she bought some of my products when we launched because she was like I was just so like thankful that you gave me the courage I wanted to one of your first supporters and she was and I thought it was the cutest thing I'll never forget that yeah you actually you worked with um a girl that I went to makeup school with I was like a good decade over older than everyone else but that Chantel Lori Oh my God. Yeah. She was on the good doctor with me. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. So I, I spot, but she was promoting East 29th and I was like, Oh, so then I went down the rabbit hole of like how you guys know each other. I'm like, Oh, you guys work together. Yeah. She, Oh gosh. I think it was, I was on a different show. I think it was one of her first days ever in film and we were on like an insane show. And the way that I did it was 
if we because I worked on the show Timeless I don't know if you ever saw that basically they time traveled every episode now that's cool on a show but that's a lot of work behind the scenes because not only are you like okay so we're setting the tone for the show you're setting the tone for the episode and then it changed to a whole new tone so you're not like in the 60s the whole time and you've got 60s everything you're in the 60s you're in the 1800s you're in the 1700s you're in the 90s and in the episode you'd hop back from present day to um whatever period you're in yeah but we wanted to make the present day not really a set tone so we didn't want it to be like big blocked eyebrows and you know that that's 2018 or whatever yeah, yeah. We wanted it to be like anyone could watch the show and it kind of makes sense so you didn't want to make it like oh there is this iphone 12 so you know they're in 2021 we wanted it yeah. to be kind of open so you have to be mindful in present day of how not to make it too present day kind of like an open kind of look and then you're going back and forth and we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like background performers and all these stunts and all these things because we're in the Alamo or we're in at the Copacabana. Like there was so many variables and anyone who kind of, and this was in 2016 when we had the coldest winter, mm-hmm. all that snow and ice. And I remember anyone who kind of was like really good at handling all of that. I wanted to hire like anytime I was on another show. And so Chantel had come on and she was like, she, I'd be like, I need you to do this. And she'd be like, okay. And anyone who's like, okay, and just does it. And I didn't have to come back and be like, oh, you did this wrong. Like we were shooting the Alamo and we needed a hundred people to be covered in like a reddish, like nude kind of sandy, kind of like ashy color. Mm-hmm. And I came back and every background performer was in soot, like black. They didn't fall out of a chimney. They're yeah. in the Alamo. Yeah. So to clean off a hundred people and oh, then redo. But that's because I went to go do stunt performers. So you, you need people that can do something without you being like, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Nope, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. Right? Yeah, yeah. People like that, I was like, great. So when I was on The Good Doctor, we needed some people to come help out. And I just remember giving, honestly, it was anyone who did really well in Timeless. I was like, this is a list of people that I would totally work with because I knew they could handle the crappiest conditions yeah crappiest of all conditions yeah and then she's on the show full-time after that she's in winnipeg now right yes she is i was like how's the weather (laughs) but they got a later snowfall like usually halloween for me when growing up you would be like trick-or-treating in like your costumes needed to be on top of a parka and they didn't get their first big snow until in november so i was like just so you guys know this is late yeah very late so but they're filming like a show that has to do with the weather Uh it's like something to do with like helicopters going rural areas to go and help people and so you're going to come down into the snow and the ice like so it's going to be a show like that so you kind of sign up for what the weather will be like she knew what she was getting into then (laughs) um when we first moved to from the philippines we moved from the philippines to winnipeg in 1989 no 86 um and it was like their biggest snowstorm in like 20 years so we went from like Mm -hmm. hot sun to a snowstorm and i like i was only three or four and i remember my dad like opening the door our front door and the snow was covered like or the door was covered in snow like you'd open it and it's just like a block of snow so my dad had to jump out from the balcony and dig the door out 
like both front and back in Vegas space. Yeah, so we have photos of us where in the backyard he like dug a throne like for us to sit in in the back and it's just like these little people and all this snow. And, so much yeah. like so much of a shock like yeah well we were kids and we had never seen snow before ever obviously we were from the philippines and so to like go from one extreme to the other we're like what? imagine your parents like oh my gosh to like not have snow and then be like well this is it now yeah. <laughs> and then oh. we went to vancouver in 89 and i was like ah, this is more moderate <laughs> well yeah so when i would go back for Christmas like I don't like snow like I just it's not and people are like why are you so against snow I'm like when you have to walk to school every day very far away and snow is up to your hips and like and your gym class is snowshoeing and you fall and you take three hours to get back to your gym after because or you're skiing I was skiing it and we would go on this big um golf course and it was fine if you were skiing, but something was wrong with my thing. And so it fell off. So I went to go and put it back in. So I stepped on the snow and I fell in. So one leg was up on a ski and the other leg was down. And I had to walk all the way back to that, carrying the other ski. And it took me three hours to get to the school, drop that off and then go all the way home. I have a lot of negativity when it comes to snow. I don't want to be near it. I don't yeah. want to go around it. Like, yeah. it's just not... <laughs> it's not for me yep. and people would be like it's not that bad like I don't understand <laughs> when you are in minus 55 with wind chill celsius degree weather mm. you don't want to be there and my parents and sister all live in rural Manitoba now they're not even in Winnipeg so I would be there and it'd be like oh you're snowed out you can't use the highway to get into the city so I wouldn't even see my friends or anything I'd be stuck in this flat snow ice black ice you're walking and you slip because you literally do it I've cracked my tailbone so many times slipping on ice oh my god not fun oh I don't want to and you then you're bundled up and then you're like holding your shoulders and you know the older you get if you're always like this this hurts like yeah. you're gonna have a really yeah. bad neck and back shoulder pain for you know the foreseeable future and then you you know you like how to relax it but you can't because you're so cold and you're shivering yeah no not for me my son used to cry. He's like, I love snow so much. I don't get <laughs> He was so upset that we moved away from snow. And I'm like, you can have it for Christmas. Yeah, we got we're a couple of days. We have it for your birthday. <laughs> and then we're going back to Vancouver. And then now we didn't go home last year. Yeah. And we're not going home this year. Um, my mom is going to come down here for the first time ever. Because I'm like, I can't juggle three products. Like at that, you know, Christmas, you know, boxing day like like yeah I just I'm like I don't know give me time my sister's not coming because she just got some she has two goats now and a cow <laughs> and she's like I can't leave the farm and I was like I feel that makes sense but I can't come like it's just not gonna happen so we will zoom or whatever we'll do and have Christmas in an odd way again so my mom is spending it early with her and then coming here and I guess my dad lives even further out and so he can't even get like good signal so he'll like house party but no camera and it just keeps freezing and we play like a game and talk <laughs> like that's it it's like really weird Aww. Aww. it is what it is right like there's no 
Mm-hmm. None of, no one has traveled in my family since COVID happened. Not yeah. one person, even for a little bit. We had a loved one actually die last December of cancer. So it's now it's going to be like opening wounds. December is like a really tough month. And so, and that loved one was put into, it was in the hospital in December or in October when they first found out they had cancer. And there was a lockdown here happening again, but a really big lockdown happening in Winnipeg, especially in the hospitals. And so they put her, I think the cancer ward was like floor five or whatever this hospital. And there was an outbreak of COVID on that floor. And so no one could even come up there. So she was in the hospital by herself. It was terminal. No one had told her it was terminal because they didn't want her to know while she was alone in the room. But her roommate that they put her in, they found out she was terminally ill, put her in a room with someone who had COVID. So it was like this whole thing. No, so no one, like no one traveled. My mom ended up being her caregiver in her house. Like once she finally came to the hospital, so no one could even go see her. No one could see my mom. If I went back to Winnipeg, I couldn't even. Yeah, so, because she, yeah. And the province did a whole thing where no one could come in. So fast forward to now, like they're having some restrictions again, actually over there. And, you know, it's just, it's just not worth it. And as the only person that works for East 29th, if I got sick, nothing is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even have that, which is why Alex also did homeschooling last year because they did have some kids come for part-time and then they had kids who would come and stay in like the library or whatever, if their parents actually couldn't be at home with them, if they were like a frontline worker. So, but I didn't want him to catch anything and bring it home to me. Mm -hmm. So like I, there's no way I could function as a brand as like anything if anyone got sick. And like, my goal was to go back. She ended up passing away in December. My goal was to go back before she died. If it was like January, February, cause she was given a few months to live. It didn't actually work out that way. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, so I'll go back for the funeral. I need to make sure I don't go see anyone. And then she didn't even end up having a funeral because it, there were so many extreme lockdowns and just, yeah, just, it's been oh. weird. Is this the first time you're seeing your mom as well since the pandemic or have you seen her since? Wow. So this will bring a ton of. Well, so the person that passed away, she's not my mom, but I considered her a mom. She was my mom's best friend. And um, like my mom, like I love my mom, but my mom, like I mentioned earlier, my family is very like emotionally closed off. Um, So this other woman like really filled all the parts of motherhood that my mom didn't actually have. Yeah, yeah. So the two of them were like the perfect package of motherhood. Yeah. And she, my son called her uh, her grandma. So she was grandma. And so like, I didn't know, she wasn't just a person. So she was yeah. such, she was a motherly figure for me. And she was the person I went to when I had problems. She was the person I went to, you know, when I was emotionally going through things. And then when my dad left my mom, she really just like, it was me and her like talking every single day. How can we help my mom? How can we get her through this? And she picked up the dad part of my life when my dad kind of disappeared. Yeah. And she was like already that grandma. So kind of like the grandpa for my son. So mm-hmm. she was so much more than just like a family friend. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I would, every year I went back, I went to her house. I stayed at her house. She was the first person I saw. I hosted all of the Christmas Eve dinners there. We did, and I'd stay with her until um, Alex's birthday. And so I don't have, like, even if I ever go back home, like that's whose home I went to. I stayed with her. I don't have that anymore. So I don't know if I really want to go back anytime soon because it's, it's too much of a missing piece. So the last time I was there was 
November or December 2019 and I was at her house and then I came back here finished the season of the show and went into the pandemic and thought I would see her the next Christmas and that didn't work out and now we're coming back into this Christmas where she died on December 12th so it's like we're just getting to the point where oh no we're going to relive that, that one year mark and my mom you know, doesn't really know what to do because my mom literally saw her die. Like my mom was the one that took care of her until she passed away. And, you know, it's just this weird, how do you like honor a life like that? Like how do you, someone who was so important for your family, she was like, she was the glue for all of it, but she's gone. But you don't want that to be all for not. You don't want that to just be yeah. a moment that kind of is forgotten. So how do we yeah and she had bought gifts for my son that showed up after she died and that was like oh my gosh the weirdest hardest thing but now my son is he really like she had got him all these um Paris Lego like all the architecture for Paris because he loves it so much Mm -hmm. and so he has this like stronger connection with Lego now and still loves Paris and so he made a comment about like loving that so my mom and I I said to my mom like can you like buy something that is from you and her and that just be the tradition and maybe he opens it on Christmas Eve because that was our day that we had with her Mm -hmm. I would host a big dinner because I don't eat turkey I don't like turkey I'm not like a Christmas person so I would make a dinner and I eat leftovers every Christmas and everyone else just has their turkey dinner Mm -hmm. and she was the kind of person that loved what I made no one else in my family is an adventurous eater so her and I had the Uh, 24 so making like Filipino food (laughs) I would sometimes, but um, because no one wanted to eat stuff. Like I made uh, the last time I was there, it was a truffle butter prime rib, oh, right? Yeah. So, and risotto, like any kind of, like yeah. I could make that I would like for me and Alex last year, I said, Alex, what do you want? And he goes, mom, I want Wagyu. So on Christmas Eve, we had Wagyu and um, brown oh. butter gnocchi. Christmas, we had a different um, Wagyu with risotto. And then his birthday, he wanted um, Wagyu again, so we had Wagyu again, and he wanted um, gnocchi again, so I made gnocchi again. But like, I go to town when I cook something, like I put my heart and soul into it, and she loved that. And so she would be texting me earlier, like, what are all the groceries I need to get? And she would love the shopping aspect. And then she'd be like huddling over my shoulder, what are you doing, what are you making? And then now I have my family who like, I don't even like pepper. Oh my God. <laughs> Do spice. Don't, put, don't put salt or pepper on it don't like that's too much and it's like okay do you want a glass of water for Christmas like that (laughs) like it's bad I don't have that now my son is fine but because I feel so bad I said mom like what do you want for Christmas she's like turkey dinner I'm like okay (laughs) like hope you don't want a traditional turkey like can I sous vide it like can I olive oil poach it like something can I do something that's not normal I don't want a dry turkey although someone told me that if you cook the turkey yes and then put it upside down and then put it back like that at least helps it not be dry I obviously haven't tried it because I haven't made a turkey since then but maybe I'll try I don't want I don't want turkey leftovers I don't want I don't want I don't want to eat that yeah I know what you mean though like I love turkey I'll eat a squab over, over a turkey. Like I love duck. Like I would, it's not that I don't, I don't know. I just, turkey for me is, it's always been really bland and dry and boring and it's just pointless and I don't like it. 
give me the bone so I can make a broth. Great. But I don't want I feel to... like you should just put your spin on it. Like this I'm is going to. totally yeah. different. Yeah. But I don't, I'm just gonna be like, just don't ask what I'm doing because you're gonna tell me you don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I'll be like, can I make a brown butter mash? And she'll be like, oh, so if I just make the brown butter mash. Yeah, don't even tell them the name. <laughs> yeah. Well, I made the last time she came, so I did I did the prime rib and I made a um a white wine gravy and like usually there's no wine and gravy and she would have thought that was gross but she thought it was really good I'm like this is why this is why it's good she's like oh I don't like that I'm like well you do so so funny with my sister if I made that for the 24th I would have to make something that she would eat so there would be like one baked potato because she wouldn't eat anything I made and I'd always have to make and then my uncle my mom was adopted and we found out she had a real brother from the same mom and dad and so we started he started coming to the dinners and he's pescatarian. So I have to make something for him on top of what I was making and the something for my sister. So it'd be like this whole- Production. This whole thing. <laughs> a lot simpler now to stay home and have me and my son who like the same thing. But yeah, it was- Oh my God. Like last year I made ramen for lunch on Christmas Eve. And then I made latkes on Christmas day for lunch. And then I made a charcuterie. I'm like, I can do what I want. No one else is here to tell me like, this is not what we want. So it was like- a nice free-for-all actually last year. Alex and I just, a charcuterie during the day and, and after latkes for breakfast and no lunch because yeah. we do pancake and bacon lunch, you know, back home, which is great, but I don't want pancakes and bacon when I've had it for 28 years. Yeah, yeah. I have to say something about last year's Christmas being so restricted was kind of nice. Like, yeah. yes, I miss my sister, but I was like, this is kind of nice not having to deal with everybody else's dynamic especially after the year we've had I'm like I kind of like that it's just us right it was really nice I didn't want to be like like yes I missed the game aspect of like hanging out with family and it's the only time of year that I would actually see them yeah but I just felt so emotionally drained yeah but I was like I love you but I also love like what's going on here but the thing is is I never got out of that mindset Mm. I love being alone. I love not being around people. <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, how did a year go by where I haven't really tried to be like more social? Like it's actually probably a problem and I don't want to get stuck yeah. in that. But because I have trauma, I want to make sure I'm not like creating a new layer. I was going to say, yeah, you're not so, like. Well, because I worked so yeah. hard to be comfortable with being touched by someone. Yeah. I worked so hard to be comfortable like having like a sexual relationship with someone yeah as of sexual trauma that now I'm like oh shit like what if I am not going to be able to be touched because I wouldn't even let my mom hug me for the longest time like what if I am creating like this new layer but I'm like at least I'm conscious about it but yeah I don't I haven't dated or anyone in so long and I don't plan to and I'm like as long as I'm having the conversations with myself and I know that it's going to be really weird when it maybe that happens again, like, like I'm, I know that I'm creating another problem. I probably totally am, but I'm like, I'm aware of it. But you're conscious, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you said it out loud already. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's okay. So that's like step one. But at the same time, like, look, if I'm going to start dating, say it's tomorrow or two years from now, 
I'm not just going to date like someone who doesn't get it. I have, I'm the kind of person that I have to be like, hi, I have sexual trauma. This is what that means. And I've done that forever now. So it's yeah. not really different. It's just like, if someone's not patient, then they're not for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might just be a little extra patient. And if they can't be, then they're not for me. That's just how it's going to have to be. Yeah. So like it's worth it. In my opinion, in the end, if they don't think it's worth it, then that's fine. Yeah. But I can't just go out and be like, yeah, I want to date everyone and then just go on multiple dates and be like comfortable with it and hug them by. No, it's just not for me. Maybe I want to date. <laughs> and it's your energy. So you yeah. don't have to be given that away. But COVID has kind of made it better in a sense where like, if I say like, oh, I don't want to be like standing near a lot of people or don't get too close. It makes more sense for others they get it now but for me like I remember I went on a date once and I had told him in advance like do not try and kiss me on a first date like that that's I will ghost you because that's taking away my choice and I need to have that Mm -hmm. and this person went in for a kiss and I like they were great but I never spoke to them again Mm -hmm. and I think about that all the time because I'm like I told you up front I can't have someone smothering my space you know in that sense and they did it anyways and so I was like no like that's not for me like mm-hmm. I don't want I can't I know how many people I've kissed in my life I can count it like on one hand he's <laughs> like I'm not open to having that and I think with COVID people realize that personal space and bubble and mm-hmm. travel of like spit and breath like at least that's kind of more understood I hope yeah mm-hmm. ideally mm-hmm. I, I like I have a lot of hope I mean we have to <laughs> There are still some out there that don't understand the concept. I'm like, what? Why are you right beside me? I don't know you. Even when there were stickers on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I used to get a shop, like um, a cart. Even if I only had like one or two things, I could hold it. I would get the basket and I would hold the basket like in front of me, t- like so that the people would be stuck standing on the sticker if they kept like kind of like waving back and forth. And <clears throat> I'm like, this is the limit. I don't need this basket, but I'm going to have the basket and I'm going to hold it. Yeah. I'd get Alex to get yeah. a basket and he would stand near me and have the basket behind us because some people just didn't care. Yeah. And this was like, especially before the stickers were a thing, mm-hmm. but I just, no. I loved how some grocery stores forced you to have a cart and like the oh. cart had to be, well, the, just the one, I should say, just the one in Steveston. And like the cart, yeah. And they, it had to be between you and the person in front of you and the person behind you. And that's how they mandated their lines. So even if you were grabbing just one thing, and then that's how they counted how many people were coming in. So you could come in until you had the cart. And then, yeah. With the cart, it takes up more store space, right? And then you're going to have to go down the aisles properly. Yeah. People were, it it blew my mind when people would just kind of like, oh, it's like, I know the stickers on the floor is not our normal. And I know the arrows pointing the direction is not normal. And sometimes, you know, it is, you do make the mistake and you go down the aisle, but then correct yourself. Like just instantly turn around, do the aisle, do the longer route, just do it. Don't get mad at someone, mm-hmm. you know, like don't, like someone yelled at me because I had like turned around to go, cause I went down the wrong way and I turned around they got mad at me that my cart was in their way when I was trying to turn around. They're like, you should just kept going. I'm like, well, no. Cause like, I actually have guilt and I want to do this properly. And I caught myself after mm-hmm. turning into the aisle that is not the correct dial. And although I'm just grabbing one thing, I'm going to go do it the right way. Cause if we all did what I just did, we wouldn't be doing it properly. And it just, yeah, for me, it was like, I felt the worst though is when you're in the aisle and then you walk past what you're trying to get and you're like, shit. And then you have to you're like, like, oh, 
gonna reach over here. <laughs> Which I've done and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what my biggest guilt though is like, cause a lot of the times I would see people trying to reach something really high on the shelf and they couldn't get it. And my number one thing is like, do you need me to grab that? And I had to stop doing that. And I felt so, I would watch someone struggle and then I'd feel like for watching them struggle. And then I'd be like, I had to like leave the area I was in. Cause like, I feel so guilty that I can't help you. And if I do help you, you're gonna be like, you like, don't. I did have to ask people to help me because I'm like I legit like I could cannot reach the top shelf at grocery stores you know I'm like I feel really bad (laughs) there are some people that I'm like excuse me do you like if it was an elderly person I would offer them help from a distance and I always got told no because like they're so you're like okay like I won't I'll do that for you but wild times you know I've done it in my mind a few times yeah <laughs> it was a it's a weird time though right still still yeah we're still well, my son someone was talking to him about kids his age have had sex and kids his age are they vape and they smoke weed and it's a whole thing and like that's why I say I'm on the better side of children but he's someone was like asking him have you had your first kiss and I like literally looked at him and I was like don't and I'm like I'm not telling you you can't kiss people okay like I'm not saying you are not allowed to kiss although I don't want you to what I am saying is do not have your first kiss during this COVID period (laughs) like as much as I do not want you to kiss someone at 13 years old I'm not here to tell you like me I don't want to do that and then you go and rebel and like have your first kiss all I'm saying is do not take your mask off and kiss someone during COVID. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, please, 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 please. I'm like, I know you might want to hug your friends. Just don't do it right now. <laughs> I'm like, share straws. Please don't share straws please. with your friends anymore. I'm like, COVID, 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 COVID for like the sheer fact of like, if this household goes down, we have no money coming in because I can't even send things out. Like, please. And I'm like, grandma is going to come for the first time and if we have covid she can't come like please don't yeah. <laughs> just think of the covid don't do it please and then i'm like i'm not trying to like sexually shame you or tell you not like you know like please yeah just don't do it not right now <laughs> like just give us a little bit of time and then when you have your first kiss like please tell me about it. like i don't want to make it so i tell him not to do stuff so he's not open to tell me stuff yeah this is not like I won't be mad if you do a first kiss but just don't do it during COVID (laughs) please and it's been this weird dialogue of like I'm not telling you but I am telling you like I'm trying to be really soft about it but please don't do that Mm -hmm. the love of God don't do that (laughs) we've taken up so much of your time I feel I just love I love hearing your story and I have booked nothing else I just have to do all the meal prepping today and it doesn't matter if I bake bread in the morning or bake bread in the afternoon as long as the bread is baked yeah I have like a whole lineup of things I make in but amazing yeah it was it was so nice like having you on and just hearing your story and like I don't know I, like I said right like it's it's more than just skincare and that's what I love so much about it and it aligns with the studio because we're not just a beauty studio like it's so much more than that it's somewhere for you to feel good and you know to let it out or and like your brand is just exactly vulnerable too like when someone is letting you do a facial or whatever else yeah it's a vulnerable moment because they're in your face they're watching you and 
you know, you're having conversations or you're trusting them with maybe your biggest insecurity. I don't know if, if someone has a skin insecurity, right? Like, or even just insecurity. Even with me. Like lashes and like falling asleep. It's a vulnerable state. In front of someone, which everyone falls asleep and it's such a vulnerable state because you're asleep. So you don't know what you're doing when you're asleep. Like, am I snoring? Probably. Yeah, I know, and you don't say anything when you wake up. So you're like, even if I was, you're not making fun of me. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And so it like, it's such a, so we all like, it's just my big up in their eyelashes. That's literally yeah. intimate. Yeah. It's so intimate. Like I talk about intimacy with hands and palms. So like when someone is doing any work, it's yeah. so intimate. And I yeah. went for a massage last week and I went in like really in an uncomfortable mood. And I'm like, I'm so sorry to do this, but like being touched by a stranger is really hard for me. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to let you know. And I talked about like my journey and she's just like, no, I'm so glad you told me that. I, like, I need to know. And then when I was getting massaged, I had no problem, but like, I went in, like, there's a weight on my chest. I just felt so scared and it, there's nothing she's going to do. That's like bad, but I just have that touched by a stranger and I didn't tell my chiropractor when I started going with him that I had sexual trauma so I get like he's like wow you're really stiff and I was like <laughs> and then at the end I was like I just don't like being touched by strangers but next time it'll be better because you're not a stranger yeah he's like, what and then I told him he's like I wish you told me that because this would have been like and I was like oh I didn't think about telling you that yeah that's like TMI right he's like that's not TMI when I'm literally dropping my body on you and like, I need to know <laughs> Yeah. Well, because I had a massage therapist who just literally started massaging my breasts once. I turned over on my back and she was like massaging the muscles. Great. Oh, and like right here. Yeah. But then she went lower and I like felt so violated. And like I so I said to this girl, I was like, so like I don't think you're gonna grab my boobs, but like you gotta know that's not gonna be a good yeah. thing for me. So if we could not even go close and she's like okay good to know because I would have done your muscles and I'm like I knew you would have and I just so she just didn't I'm like please just today like don't touch here because I'm already like panicked and she did like my neck and my shoulders and my arms and, I'm, and I felt fine mm -hmm. but I was like full-on again COVID like I'm assuming I'm going backwards so I'm like just let me let me be me and try and find my way and I ended up leaving like why was I even nervous about that like how was that even a thing which retrospect like you look back you're like okay got it but in the moment I was like nope I don't want to be touched even like a stranger accidentally hitting me sometimes it makes me just like panic you just don't know what comes next right like I'm afraid of the dark I'm afraid of all these un you know variables that you don't think of some people go oh my god you're so strong I'm like but you don't know that I'm afraid of the dark which is like in my mind the number one thing that makes you not strong mm -hmm. but it's it's in, within reason you don't know what's happening right or what could happen in the dark I guess is a better way to put it yeah Aww, so beautiful honestly just like I love the brand even more <laughs> I should send you guys some of the new stuff I yeah. definitely just want to get it out there and have people try it well I need to do a reorder I've been waiting to do a reorder but it's been like my budget's been so tight but now I'm like I think I need to do it before the holidays because like your product is one of our number one sellers right so oh, yeah, I love that yeah it's been I honestly like I, I don't even, it's been a whirlwind I don't even know what to say <laughs> like I just literally like I don't even know it's, yeah it's been crazy the feedback and we've been so well received <sighs> and it's been like it's one of those things that I, imposter syndrome when I'm like, it can't be. Yeah. It can't be real. 
yeah have a really hard time with that but then it's like but it is happening right like mm-hmm. someone called uh, the vital serum like a cult classic in vancouver and i was like i'm sorry what but and so but then how could I have created a formula that that's great like you know I get in my head like like, how did I and then everyone's like well how did you do it I'm like I didn't sit there going I'm gonna make the best formula you know what I mean like I just did what I needed but then when I launched the two new products I actually had such an emotional like anxiety attack when I sent all the the initial packages out, because I created this just for me, like what Mm -hmm. I like. And I started thinking, what if people don't like what you like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it went in this spiral. And I was like, I just shipped out all of these pre-orders. And what if no one likes it? And I, like, I had two weeks of just this like negative, it was so bad. And I was like, you just need, you're burnt out. You need time. Just relax, like obviously still work, but you need to like really shift it up because this is not good. And then I realized after that, I'm like, okay, so some might like it, some might not like it, but it was that anticipation of people trying it and waiting to hear what they thought that I was like going insane. Cause I was like, I forgot what it was like to launch one product, never mind two. Mm. Like that was just like, you've never done this before. Of course it's gonna be hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is that you were creating something that you really like. So you stand behind it, right? Like that's also my emotional connection to it. Yeah. I doesn't like it. I'm taking it personal and I shouldn't be taking it personal. Yeah. Right? yeah. But, but it'll go so much further because it's, you know, it's from the heart. Truly from the heart. And you're not making people, it for my, right? People like named stuff and decided stuff on the decisions like I did. Like it's named East 29th because I literally went through all the hardest experiences of my life living on East 29th. Mm-hmm. I needed the vital serum because I'm from St. Vitale and that's where my son was born and where I grew up. And that's where I went through like the most emotional impact in my life. So I put that together. I named the next one after my grandma and the next one after my love of words. I thought people did that. Yeah. No. These decisions yeah. based on like actual, you know, this is why we do that. This is why this comes around, but they don't like, even if you look at my batch numbers, um, they're all well, like equal to some form of five or everything equals 14 plus four plus one is five. Everything goes back to five. Cause my name is V right. And I was 14 when I had them. So four plus one, like everything literally tunnels down to like little meanings and everything like, goosebumps. Oh my God. I don't think like that. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so special. Everything's so aligned for a different reason other than selling a product. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I thought that, and like, if you look at the price point of Valley, it's 41. And my numerology number is six. If you look at verse, the number is 56. So it's like, I actually have made all of these teeny tiny decisions. And then people are like, yeah, I just named it like this because I thought that was a cool color and name. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I, oh. Oh, I just like added five letters that I thought of like out of nowhere and just put it together. And I was like, Oh, I did. Oh, that's an option. You're like, that was easy. No, <laughs> I didn't know that was an option, but cool. And I do all the writing. Like, I've written everything and I've just made sure everything is so like in depth. And if you go to our website, we have about the brand and about the founder. And like, I, it's just everything is written out and all the information on why clean beauty and what is clean beauty. I've taken the extra time to educate. And people are like, yeah, that's not normal. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. So I could have made this easier on myself? Okay, cool. <laughs> no, 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 that's what makes it, no, no. That's what makes it special. That's what makes yeah. it cool. 
Yeah. What's funny is most people like don't even realize, or like the two, it's the shape of a lemon underneath, and our main ingredient is lemon rind. So people are like, I'm like, did people not think about their plans when they're making it? Yeah, and they're like, don't, yeah. They literally like it's got put a circle on it, you know, catches the eye. Oh, yellow is a pop color. Like, let's do that. Okay. And someone said to me, they're like, your brand is very like retro sports memorabilia. I'm like, have you ever looked at nature? Yellow and green. Oh. Have you ever looked at nature or lemons? Oh man. <laughs> you like does that color go together? And I wanna like I use a lot of pink too. And they're like, that doesn't go with yellow and green. I'm like, have you looked at a flower? Yeah. <laughs> outside. Have we looked at a sunset? Like, totally. It doesn't go together. Of course it goes together. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Totally. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're not gonna please everybody, right? Like <laughs> everyone's gonna have an opinion. Or not someone yourself. said to me, they're like, it's so weird that it has like a little foamy texture when you put it on. And they're like, I don't get it. So I don't want to use it. I'm like, that's literally a reaction of all natural ingredients yeah. bonding to each other. Yeah. And then it absorbs so fast. And it's yeah. because of the lemon rind extract that is dehydrated and rehydrated. And they're like, no, citrus isn't good for you. I'm like, I have taken the step to dehydrate, rehydrate. So there is no phototoxicity. There is no acid. There's no oil. And when people call my serum an oil, there is 0.05% oil in yeah. the entire formula. So please, mm. like, don't just because it has a dropper doesn't mean it's an oil. And I'm always like trying to educate that. I'm like, it's not. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't put a moisturizer on and then put this on because a moisturizer will block your pores. It will lock yeah. everything. And then you put a serum on. It's not penetrating anything. It's yeah. going to more because it's trying to get in and it can't. You've locked your skin moisture barrier and you're like, I don't get why it's not going in. Mm. it's like uh, it always I'm I have little cards now that I send out serums versus oils mm. this difference this is why so but yeah that's been my life for the last it's magic year and a half wasn't a few years ago I actually did this thing with a bunch of because my daughter my oldest daughter at the time was 11 I believe and really the age where you are really starting to become quite self-conscious about feelings, body, everything is like 9, 10, 11. Um, and, then, and then you go into high school and you don't know how to deal with that. Like you don't know how to deal with assholes. You don't know how to deal with judgment. You don't know how to deal with being bullied. Um, and I was trying to find something for her to kind of just get, get her and like her group of friends to feel confident with themselves and like, feel good about like, even though someone's saying that about you, you know, you're not like that, or you know, you're better than that. So that you can, you can, like, you're strong enough to go through it, right? There was nothing like there's absolutely nothing for this age group. So my girlfriend and I decided to run one little workshop. Um, and, and uh, see how it went. And so I had like done it, we like posted about how we did this. That's okay. I'll taste it in a sec. Okay. And then, oh, thank you. And then um, it like ended up getting word out that like this was something great for this preteen age group. And then I had a bunch of these parents email me and I had one that was like my, I think it was her son or her daughter was identifying as a male or female. I can't even remember which way it went, but, and it, he or she was transitioning into a they or, 
whatnot and she wanted her, her child to be a part of this and then and then you know there were just like these different emails and I was like this is bigger than me I'm like I am not a counselor I am I'm like I was doing it for my child but and ever since then I was like you know if I ever throw another one out I'll I'll let you know but I can't like I don't have the mental capacity to handle this and I say I'm like until this day there still isn't really anything to help these kids navigate through that weird phase of life before going into high school like how to kind of just manage your your own emotion or kind just understand yourself a little bit more to know that even if you do want to be part of a diversity group and you know these guys are gonna make fun of you for it to be like okay they're gonna make fun of me but that's not gonna break me well and that's just it there's nothing there really is nothing and the thing that like really like weighs on me is there's nothing at the same time where a brain goes from like a child brain to an adult brain and it is happening so quickly so even the thoughts that you have the things that you're going through they're not 100% valid but they are so valid in those moments for you but yeah. you don't know and then yeah. from a household like mine where no one's talking about it like we didn't talk about any like, like there we never talked about it and even when there were signs that there was a lot going on we didn't talk about it and I remember like calling my dad and telling him I was like really upset and he was like oh don't be upset and it was like that's it don't be upset <laughs> like you know like and I like I know he doesn't know how to deal with it but so when my son is going through stuff like even, I'm so in tune where there's like a little bit of like a tone difference or a behavioral difference something and so I'm always asking him are you okay like what's going on like and then he's like no I'm good I'm good I'm like okay then what's on your mind he's like what do you mean I'm like well you're just responding differently you're being different so like something's on your mind like what is it if you're fine but you're different like what's going on and he looked at me and it was like the other day he looked at me he's like I'm just like I'm just really embarrassed I'm like of what he's like I'm just like embarrassed to be me and I'm like why and he's like it's just embarrassing to be me and I'm like but what does that even look like or feel like he's like everyone's just looking at me and like I'm doing things wrong and I'm like I want to let you know and because I was actually in the intro to psychology course at the time I'm like studies have proven that people think everyone's looking at them so they wear black they don't wear the loud it's too much and in reality studies have shown that no one could even recall they did a test for like Everyone was trying to remember who, what people were wearing, but no one could remember what anyone wore because they were too busy focusing on other people, focusing on them, that they only know the shirt that they wore. Yeah. And they couldn't, they could not come, as soon as other people, they couldn't say, oh yeah, they're wearing an orange t-shirt. They couldn't do it. So I've been trying to explain to them, like, look, like Pete, you're so focused on people looking at you, but maybe someone does look at you, but maybe they don't. So we have these conversations all the time. And yesterday he was saying, man, this person said something and it was so embarrassing. I'm like, what was embarrassing about it? He's like, well, they said something that's just embarrassing. And I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, but that's you being embarrassed that if you were in their shoes, but maybe they don't care that they said it. Like they may not mind at all. It was like, oh, I'm like, you continually are putting your emotions and thoughts on someone else. And then you think they feel that way and they don't, or maybe they do, but they don't. So until someone verbalizes that to you, like don't assume it. And so- when I have these talks with other people's kids or other people's parents and they're talking about their kids, they're like, yeah, your son is like so different, but I don't think people are taking the time to go through all these mental thoughts and processes and going through it, but it's normal for me. Yeah. yeah. And I do it because I do it with myself, but also because I wish I had that. 
Mm-hmm. Like I wish someone talked to me because I know when I was his age, I wasn't suicidal, but I wasn't like happy. Like there was a lot, you know, when you're yeah. becoming a woman, you know, there's, there's yeah. a lot that goes on there. And my parents didn't even talk to me about periods. I've never to this day had the birds and the bees talk. Like mm-hmm. I told my mom not long ago and I said that to her, she's like, I assume, you know, by now I learned about sex and how babies are made by a baby growing in me. And that is the number one driving fact on why I would talk to someone about it. Yeah. I do not want anyone to go through this not knowing. I've Sex ed was grade nine when I was in school and my school was kindergarten to grade nine. And I had him in grade nine. So I did not make it to sex ed. So when sex ed came up here in grade four, the school did it. Um, Selena Moon. Yeah, Selena Moon. She's like, does everybody's school. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they put out a, um, it's an email or yeah, like a they form. Said like, they said, do you feel comfortable or not? And almost everyone said no. And it became a battle. And it was me and one other mom who were like, we want this. Yeah, yeah. They were like, it's inappropriate. It's, cru- it's crude. It's, it's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, there was a debate and I literally had to uncomfortably say like, this is so important because I learned about this, not getting sex ed while being pregnant. So yeah, yeah. Like, you probably well, started in kindergarten now. Um, and they started with good touch, bad touch, which is exactly what you need. And, but the yeah. thing is, is to have a good sexual relationship with, even with self, you need to have it not be taboo whether it just be like a loving relationship that you see at home you know you see some kind of you know talked about we're not saying go have sex yeah we're just saying like there are things that are okay so that when someone touches you inappropriately and they say don't tell anyone you don't just keep it to yourself yeah you're aware of it like this isn't a thing that like a secret uncle does it should actually be this is wrong and I know it's wrong. So I'm going to go tell someone that it's wrong. So they only ended up teaching it to the two kids. I thought it was very important. Yeah. And then after that, I think it was grade six, it became a bit more prevalent. Mm -hmm. And then they started like looking at it in the books. I don't know what he's actually doing right now. COVID has been so weird. The curriculum has just been like thrown up in the air. They're doing semesters this year when they weren't. Yeah. I don't know if it fits into, I don't think it's in his first semester. I think it's in his second semester, but you know, we have to have these talks because it's reality. Yeah. Children have urges. They have body parts and they're curious. And I remember I found my son watching porn when he was 11 and it was like, I remember being so uncomfortable, Yeah. but I didn't tell him not to watch porn. And everyone that I spoke to, they're like, you better have shut that down, blocked all websites. I'm like, I didn't. They're like, why not? I'm like, I had the conversation with him that I do not want him watching porn at 11. He's way too young. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to sexually shun him and make him feel like what he did was so wrong and so gross. So I wasn't angry. Yeah. I didn't want to make him feel like he couldn't come talk to me. Mm-hmm. So I have left it there. I didn't want to close the door so that he'll go out of his way to try and find a sneaky route. Yeah. What I said to him, I'm like, if you want to look at stuff like I was like let's look at like bathing suit like let's look at something where it's more like pg-13 right but what I said is like couples porn there is a realm of porn where it's like normal positions and I say normal as in like not crazy things that really make someone think this is you know choking or whatever like that's not your everyday average you know thing you don't just start at 20 years old and start choking people like you need to have a foundation of okay, like maybe you're into that. Maybe they're comfortable with it. Cool. 
but when you're 11 years old and looking at stuff, let's make it more no like normal, yeah. like average. And so I didn't want to distort his, you know, point of view on sex. And so people are like, wow, you did that. And I was like, well, I would rather create a safe space, you know? And the thing is, is like, I would watch what he was like going to and looking at. And so if I saw things were coming up, I would just have the conversation again. Mm -hmm. I would notice that he wouldn't look up anything weird until it'd be like four months later, then there'd be like one night where something would happen and then we would have the talk and then it would be a while, mm -hmm. but I left the door open there. Right. And I also didn't want to sexually shun. Like I saw some things that maybe I, you know, like for me, I'm not attracted to girls. So maybe when I saw like a couple of different dialogues, you know, like maybe he's curious, maybe, maybe he's curious, maybe he's not. So I didn't want to have anger when someone is exploring who they are. So I just kind of was like, let's just leave it open, but let's make sure that we're doing it the safest, you know, possible way. Cause we don't need to be doing crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say some things, but there's crazy things out there. Animals, <laughs> animals, tools. I know. Well, and that's just it. So I was so mortified with what I saw and I didn't want to like also put that on him. Mm -hmm. I just had to like I, I it was I literally got home at three in the morning and saw what he was looking at and I only had like a moment before he went to school the next day I like went and cried in the bathroom and I tried to bring it up I came back out and I just had the talk with him and I was like we'll just talk about it later and then I went to work with feeling like all of these things and then I worked really late again so I didn't have time and it was like three days later I got home really late and he woke up when I was home at like midnight and we just had the talk at midnight and I was like honestly i probably should just go to bed because I get up in a few hours but like we like let's just have this chat yeah yeah and always he then started to be like well I just really hate myself for looking at this I'm like no 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 no, totally normal yeah. and to be quite honest I looked at porn younger than him no one ever caught me though so <laughs> that I also knew like it is normal yeah yeah so totally. let's let's not tell him it's normal watch it every day but let's say okay if you need to watch it couples porn and like there actually are some safe safe words safe no safe like words to search and couples porn is one of those things this like webcam missionary mm -hmm. right like or it's like people who are just like trying to spice up their sex life because they then watch it after like there actually are revenues that are a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah. Easier, you know because yeah. if you don't have the words to look for you've got a lot of scary things to see yeah and then you kind of distort what your version of so for me like looking at porn really young and no no one saying anything to me and I was trying to understand it because I didn't get what it was my parents never even kissed so I think that was where I had an issue I'm like I have never even seen someone kiss yeah. what is going on with this mm -hmm. and then I had a baby and I was like, my version of what sex, I couldn't be touched. And you know, what I was looking at was so extreme and then I didn't feel comfortable with that. I had such a weird view on like, I don't understand this. I just need someone to be like, yes, no, mm -hmm. more mainstream. This is like a fetish. What is a fetish? I don't know. So you want to make sure that that's not a normal thing, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone is going to be into the same thing, like a furry right yeah yeah and if you like animals because you're younger and you see that like I just wanted to make sure it was just very like kind of like it's not yes. like it's not <laughs> most if you like that cool yeah. but not everyone starts off liking that that's not like yeah one, yeah right so and if they're not teaching in school like 
how do we get to a place that's, you know, normal? But also another thing is there was a lot of porn that didn't have condoms on, right? And so if he's not learning in school about condoms, and it's not like a, like to me in the scene, you should see them putting it on. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, they're not doing a school. They're not talking about it. There's no man in this household that is like teaching that. Like, I'm like, okay, let's have that conversation and let's talk about it. So there is a lot of that. It's very interesting as time goes on, as they get older, right? Like you don't wake up when your baby's a newborn and think, ah, when they start watching porn, this is what I need to do. (laughs) It doesn't cross your mind, right? It just happens like as it comes. And you're like, how do I juggle this? This is is too much for me. Especially in a time where I'm not actually like seeing anyone or actively doing anything. I'm like trying to teach someone to be normal when I'm, I have sexual trauma. I'm like, I don't even know how to figure it out, but I'm trying to. That's, that's the important part. As long as I try, but try well. My son always goes, at least you try it. I'm like, yeah, but sometimes that's not enough. But like, yes, if I try and do the same thing and I don't change my approach, then it's a problem, right? So cute. Knock on wood that it still works out. Work on that. Oh my gosh, I've never done Reiki. I should definitely, I want to try it. It's on my oh list. Oh my God, you would love it. It's on my list. But yeah. I, my list has been full of kid stuff. I'm like trying to put Victoria time in. Yeah, honestly, like I, the first time I had a Reiki session with Barb, I came in not even like thinking anything or not thinking I wouldn't get affected in any way. And it would just be like in cleanse out. And then it ended and I started crying. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. So in a good it, way, yeah, in <laughs> a good way, it was so healing. So then, um, yeah, so I'm excited to do it again. Oh my gosh, Barbara, I'll email you about that. Cause I'm yes. interested in yes. that. Yeah, definitely, that. definitely. would love that. Yes. Oh, I got to go. It's so nice. It's just nice to talk to people to be quite honest. Yeah. It's just definitely. nice to hear and like, I, I just yeah. love everything. So awesome. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Victoria as much as we did. To learn more about East 29th, head to East 29th, E-A-S-T, and then the number 29th.com. We can't wait to see you next Tuesday. Bye for now.